Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And you know, God allows our faith to be tried. That's what the, the message this morning is. He allows it to be tried or tested. And why? Is it because that he needs to learn something? No, God knows all things, but we need to know. And it's a quality and a depth that might be seen and known to us and also to encourage others. Because when our faith is put on display, you are living in a fishbowl. Your life is on display. It's like this fishbowl on a stand in the center of the room, this big, beautiful fishbowl, and you're the only goldfish in the middle of there. And everyone is walking around and they're watching you. How amazing is your love? How can I keep it from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Today on Truth in Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, did you know that your faith is on display? Welcome to today's study in 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter writes to the Christians of his time who were being persecuted for their faith in Christ that because they are grieved by various trials, their genuineness of their faith is being tested and found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We've learned that our faith is strengthened through trials we are faced with each day. This produces strong faith that we know is on display for others to see. By showing strong faith in times of trials, we can be sure that God will be glorified in it all. Let's listen to today's message. Verses 19 through 21, it says this. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's what we have to look forward to. And it even gets better than that. Because in Revelation chapter 21, at the very end, when the heavens and the earth are dissolved with fervent heat, this is what we have to look forward to. This is our inheritance, ultimately, the final state. Let me read it to you. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, it says, John speaking, he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, no crying, There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. Is your heart filled with sorrow this morning? This is a happy time of year for many, but for some it's a heartache because of memories past. Maybe because of family that's not here. A son or daughter who has recently passed, it changes things. 
It's a reminder that things aren't always the best here, but we're given a living hope, and our inheritance is in the heavens with Jesus, incorruptible, undefiled. And in Revelation 21, later on in that same chapter, in verse 22, it says, But I saw no temple in it, John says, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God illuminated it, and the Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And folks, that is where our ultimate state is going to be, free from this this flesh, free from the, the things in the world, the things of the world. You know, the Bible says that when we're raptured, we're going to be with the Lord, and then we are coming back to the earth when Jesus makes his second coming physically to the earth on the Mount of Olives. It'll split in two, and he will come down, and we will come down with him, and we will spend that thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. It's at the end of that thousand-year reign that finally everything will be done, and this current heavens, this current earth will be dissolved with fervent heat and a new heavens, and a new earth will be created. And think of the glory, even in the millennial reign that we have, that glory that we have yet to come. Even that's going to be glorious. Serving the Lord Jesus here on this earth for a thousand years in a brand new body, in our resurrected body. And then to know at the end, it even gets better. It even gets better than that. It's like, it's like the gift that just keeps opening. Have you ever had one of those gifts? I, my mom used to do this sick thing to my brother and I. She would have a small little package about this big. It could be something insignificant. It could be a pack of bubble gum. And she'd put it in a box and wrap that. Put that in a bigger box and wrap that. Put that in a bigger box and wrap that. And then she'd put like some, some rocks around each of the boxes. So it's really heavy. And we're like, what is that going to be? You know, we're thinking it's going to be some great thing. And here we, you know, we spend a half an hour opening the box. And she's giggling the whole time. Finally get down to it, it's like, <laughs> just bubble yum? That's... But, God, we have a great, a great inheritance awaiting us. Verse 5, he says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. That Greek word power is dunamis. It's, where, it's the same uh, word that we get in Acts chapter 1, but when Jesus said, you shall receive power, you shall receive this dynamic power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's the same word. Who are kept, we are kept by the power of God, this inheritance and us, we are kept by the power of God through faith, for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. And folks, it is coming. It is coming. He is coming. Are you excited? I'm very excited. In verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That early church was going through many trials, being chased by their fellow countrymen, certainly by Rome. And you remember, even in Rome, there was a great fire in, in the year 64 A.D., and it lasted from July 8th, to July 23rd, and from what I understand, uh, the, the Christians were starting to gain in popularity and momentum, certainly because of the ministries of Paul and Peter. 
But now Nero had had enough. And so one way he could get rid of them is by torching the city, setting the Colosseum on fire, setting other areas on fire, and then blaming it on the Christians. And that further inflicted more persecution upon them. In fact, in John chapter 15, this ought not to surprise us. It didn't surprise that early church because Jesus said, he said, if the world hates you in John 15, verse 18, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the words that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they have kept my word, they will keep your word also. So persecution is something that they had to endure and they expected. It's never exciting, is it, to go through that? And yet... The encouragement that Peter has for them is to hang in there. You're living hope. You have a living hope. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, but you, have carefully, but you who have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, and faith, and long-suffering, love, and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of these all the Lord delivered me. But here's the verse, yes, and all who desire to live in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you are living in Christ, and you are living according to him, and you're being a light to this world, whenever light meets darkness, there is a, a reaction. Whenever salt is com- comes in contact with anything, there is a bitterness There is a stinging effect, and it's supposed to be that way. We don't like that to happen. We want things to be smooth and for us just to share the message and everyone to go, you know, I've never heard of that. Thanks for telling me. Where where do you go to church? I want to come. Can you imagine how easy that would be and how wonderful it would be if people accepted it like that? But no, it's resisted because there's a heart that is opposed to God, a heart that says, I don't need God. I'm just fine the way I am. I'm a good person. I'm better than him. (laughs) I'm better than her. God has to accept me because I've done good things. I've given $1,000 to the church. I bought Pastor Rob a piece of property in the Cayman Islands. God has to accept me now. But all who suffer, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In fact, in Peter's own epistle here, we're going to get to in a, in a few weeks or months, actually. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard. It's even hard for Christians to, to think of being a partaker of Christ's sufferings. And when we go through those trials and issues, we, we have become partakers with Jesus. And there is great glory in that, because one day, folks, you will be rewarded for that. You will be rewarded for that. And verse 7, he says, or let me repeat verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. And here it is, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you know God allows our faith to be tried. 
That's what the, the message this morning is. He allows it to be tried or tested. And why? Is it because that he needs to learn something? No, God knows all things, but we need to know. And it's a quality and a depth that might be seen and known to us and also to encourage others. Because when our faith is put on display, you are living in a fishbowl. Your life is on display. It's like this fishbowl on a stand in the center of the room, this big, beautiful fishbowl, and you're the only goldfish in the middle of there. And everyone is walking around and they're watching you. Wow, I can't believe that they went through this thing. And look at them, they're still doing well. How is it that they can still thrive and, and they're still going to church after God allowed that in their life? Can't but what? Who is this God? I wouldn't serve a God like that who allowed this in my life. And yet all they think of is the physical. But your faith is much more precious than gold. And gold, although being one of the most durable substances known to man, it will ultimately perish along with everything in the physical universe. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it says this, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the, heaven, the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heath. Both the earth and the works that are in it shall be burned up. Everything is going to be burnt up. And we just read the verse in Isaiah 34. It says, And the host of heaven will be dissolved. And this was written by Isaiah 700 years before Christ was born. Over 700 years since Paul wrote this. Or Peter, I'm sorry. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, gold, they, they say that when, when uh, a goldsmith or a silversmith, what they'll do is they'll take that gold, and you've heard this all before, They'll take that gold and they'll put it in a melting pot and they will increase the heat and that gold will start to melt. And that gold, when it's heated up, it yields, just like when you boil something, all of the impurities in that gold rise to the surface under a certain amount of heat. And the goldsmith will take a skimmer and he'll skim off that dross off the top and then he'll heat it up even hotter. And as a result of the, 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 the greater heat, even more impurities come out of that gold, and it rises to the top. And he takes it, and he skims it off the top. And he heats it up again, and it heats it up again, and heats it up again. Each time that gold becomes more pure, more valuable than before. And our faith is like that. And God allows things in our life to do that very same thing, because your faith is more precious than gold that perishes. But he looks at you, and he says, I'm going to do a great work in your life. And at the end, you're going to give me praise and glory and honor for it. Isn't that awesome? Some of you have gone through some horrible, you know, just amazing things. I mean, I could. Right now, I could actually point out people in this congregation right now that I know who have understand this principle. And they will see it. And they will receive it. Your faith is much more precious to God than gold that perishes. They say 24 karat gold is the purest gold. And when you get 14 karat gold, it's 58% pure. Which if you have a, gold, a 14 karat gold ring, what that means is only 50% of it is, is real gold, pure gold. The rest of it is the impurities that still have to be taken out. It actually is what makes it a little harder for, for you to wear and less malleable, less you can't dent it as easily because those other alloys are inside of it. And I think of that as like sin. Right? Sin and things that need to happen in order to bring this life, this living hope to life in us. 
It's the very life of Christ. He wants to conform you. He's, he's conforming you to his image. And that process of sanctification is exactly doing that. It's bringing all those impurities to the top, and God's going to skim them off like that. In his sight, you're already pure and white as snow. But practically speaking, daily we go through the sanctification process, and when God is done with that, he's going to say, come up here, and he's going to give you a brand new body. Because in that process is where our worship is. In that process is where we come to know the depth and the character and the love of God. And it's in that process that others are watching, and their faith is going to be challenged and, 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 and brought to life, perhaps. You remember in Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 30, in verses 16 through 18, you remember that Nebuchadnezzar had set up an image of gold, and he wanted everybody to worship and bow down to it. And these three Hebrew youths, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was their Babylonian names. They said, we are not going to do it. And this is what they said in verse 16 of Daniel chapter 3. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, because the king says, if you don't do this, we are going to throw you in the oven. We're going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And these three men, young men, stood up and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If, this, if that is the case, our God, in whom we serve, is able. Notice, he, he is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They were willing to die, and they, they thoroughly put themselves on display. Their faith was going to be tried literally. Literally, they stood up and they said, we are, not going to, we are not going to do this, and our God is able to deliver us out of your hand, and anything you can do to us, he is able to deliver us, and if not, so be it. We burn. <laughs> can you imagine that? We'll burn, and you know what? Desperate. In their hearts, they're like God. They, they totally cast themselves upon him, and you know what? That is the time when God shows up. When we are complete in desperation, we're just like, God, if you don't do this, we fry. And you know what? We love you so much, even if you allow us to die, it's fine with us. And you know what happened? They, they turned that oven up seven times hotter. They made that thing just practically cracking. And they threw him in there. And who was, in the, who was that fourth person? Nebuchadnezzar looked, was able to discern. There was four people in there. And why aren't these guys frying? And they even put coats on them. They were like human candles. They put fur coats on them and all this stuff, all this stuff, and their turbans and their scarves and all this stuff. They were going to be a walking marshmallow. They threw them in there, and finally they're like, they're not burning. In fact, they look, they're doing pretty good. What's going on here? So Nebuchadnezzar calls them out. Not even the smell of smoke was on their clothing, but only the ropes that were tying them, hand, you know, binding them, those were the only things that were burned off. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Have you been in a, a campfire? Had an opportunity many times this summer to be camping with our friends. And let me tell you, my sweatshirt smells like a campfire until we wash it, and even then there's a hint of it. And we're not even in the fire, just next to it. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. But these three youths put their faith on display, this trial of their life. They put it on display, willing to yield their bodies, even to death. And I love how God responded. 
He could only do what he would desire to do. When he sees faith like that, man, God shows up. And you know, sometimes when that's all you have, in other countries, that's all many of our brothers and sisters, that's all they have. They don't have the things that we have. And, and we don't need to feel guilty about that, folks. We live in a blessed country and, and take that blessing and give thanks to God for it. And, that, and that's good. We should do that. But when you've got nothing or when you're up against a wall and you're completely surrounded and there are no other alternatives and you cry out to God, you better believe he's going to show up. He loves to show himself strong upon people who love him that believe in him. William MacDonald says this, he says, When prevailing conditions are favorable, it might be easy to be a Christian. But when public confession of Christ becomes or brings persecution and suffering, then the casual followers drift away and are lost in the crowd. A religion which costs nothing is worth nothing. Faith which refuses to pay the price is spurious. It is the kind of say-so faith that James condemns. Remember, James that we just finished not too long ago. He said, faith without works is dead. You know, and so let God increase your faith. And you know, it's there for the asking. You can ask, you can say, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith, Lord. And sometimes even when you don't ask, he brings situations in your life that cause you to grow in faith. And I'm so glad for that. He knows what's best. Never fear him. Never, never be worried that God is going to um, hurt you on purpose in, in a sense of, being mean, when he allows something that challenges you, that perhaps brings you to an end of yourself, it's only to refine that fire, to refine that faith so that he can take the skimmer and he can skim the dross off the top and say, wow, you're amazing. When you're in my kingdom, the rewards that you're going to get are great because we know that there are rewards. Let me just read one verse to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it talks about this Bema seat judgment. that we've, we've already talked about this. But in context here, in verse 9 it says, For we are God's fellow workers, Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He says, You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, wood or hay or straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Meaning the day that we stand before Jesus, believers standing before Jesus, our works will be tried of whether they were of him or whether they were just wood, hay, and stubble that are just going to be burned up. If it's gold, silver, or precious stones, they're going to remain. But anything that was done in my flesh that I thought, you know, I'm going to do this for the Lord, and it wasn't of him at all, those works are going to burn away. But notice, here's the encouragement. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of which sort it is. And if anyone, anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. This is the Bema Seat judgment. Not a judgment of salvation, but of what you've done in the body since you've been saved. And he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Notice that. To me, that's the encouragement. That even if I get to heaven and I've got nothing, <laughs> I'll be saved, yet so as through fire. I'll be saved, 
but all my works will burn up. And you know, you may think to yourself, well, I don't really care as long as I get there. But you know what? I think we're going to care when we are standing before him. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.